today's gospel lesson is the traditional epiphany text, the visit of the Magi, as found in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew's gospel views the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. So the visit of the Magi is not unexpected. For as we just heard, Isaiah prophesied that nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Indeed, as we later will learn in Matthew, the God of Israel, through Jesus Christ, has now turned his face of mercy toward all nations and all people. Now hear Matthew 2, 1 through 12, found in New Testament, page 2 of your Pew Bible. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. When he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I also may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord. Just a word before I begin for the children, I am going to be telling the story of a wise man this morning. And as I'm telling the story, why don't you draw a picture of what you think that wise man might look like and give it to me after the service. 
We also will be asking you to help out with communion later on today. So we think you are very important to this service, and we are glad you're here. There are endless ways, the story of the birth of Christ, the inbreaking of God into our world could have been told. So one wonders why the nativity story, including the story of the Magi, are told in the precise way they are. What truth? were they intended to convey to those who first heard the story? And more importantly, what is their relevance for us today? Let us now use our imagination to gain some new insight into the Epiphany story by hearing directly from one of the wise men in his own words. People often inquire about that night, that night that changed our lives and our world. And I relish every opportunity to tell the story. Despite the naysayers and skeptics, an epiphany, that actual moment when you realize God's presence in your life is not a secret to be hidden, but a joy to be shared with just about anyone who will listen. My friends and I, collectively called the Magi, are accurately described as intellectuals, astrologers, magicians from Persia, Although many in Israel consider us to be exotic and view us with some suspicion, people generally respect our wisdom. You in your modern world might classify us as scientists. It was our knowledge of history and sacred books that prepared us for our encounter with God. So many people nowadays think that spirituality is solely a matter of feelings and emotions. And that is certainly a component of spirituality. As you have read, we magi were overcome with joy when we actually saw the child. But you need to know that our epiphany grew out of and was strengthened by disciplined study. You see, I'm convinced that seeking the truth through thoughtful inquiry well, has a greater chance of leading one closer to God than driving one away from God. There are so many divine mysteries just waiting to be discovered. Now, do not get me wrong, my friends and I are not bookworms. We magi also make it our business to observe what is happening all around us. 
unlike some who are numbed by the pressures of their day-to-day -day routine, we do not sleepwalk through life. We notice things. We looked around and saw a world where wealth and power were the privilege of only a few, while the vast majority of the people suffered from poverty and oppression. We looked around and saw war, disease, and famine. We looked around and saw families torn apart by fractured relationships, hopelessness, and despair. And then, then we noticed that star. The world certainly needed a Messiah on that night we saw the star. That star was a sign that God finally had come to be with not only the Jews, but with us Gentiles as well. In the years since, Tragically, there are those, even some who claim to be followers of Christ, who have forgotten that on that night, God's blessings were extended to everyone, regardless of their race or nationality, or even their religion. On that night, barriers were torn down. There has been a great deal of speculation about that star that showed us the way to the Messiah. Maybe it was a supernova or a comet, but it also could have been just an ordinary star made extraordinary because we were giving the eyes to see it the eyes of faith. As men of science, although we had seen the star and knew what it meant, we still sought to verify our information. You see, we believe that God encourages our questioning and commends our truth-seeking, even if what we might learn would change our initial beliefs. That's a risk God can handle. So off we went to Herod's court. Now Herod was a sellout to the Roman Empire, a tin-pot dictator. He was quite surprised when we exotic aliens sashayed into his court. And he was visibly shaken when we asked about the newborn king of the Jews. We were Gentiles and foreigners. So our very presence indicated that this new king of the Jews, about whom we were inquiring, would have a kingdom far beyond Herod's shriveled province. And anyone with eyes of faith to see, to discern the signs from heaven, would have access to that new king. Herod, with all his armies and worldly power, 
would have no control of the situation. This obviously was bad news to Herod, and he was frightened, so he went into crisis management mode. Now, as any effective crisis manager knows, fact-finding is the first step in managing a crisis situation. So Herod called in his own experts, the Jewish priests and scribes, to find out exactly where the Messiah was to be born. They told him that the Messiah was to be born not in the capital city of Jerusalem, as we originally thought, but nine miles south in a small village named Bethlehem. Then, as you know, Herod asked us to go to Bethlehem, find the child, and let him know his whereabouts so Herod could come and worship him. We did not know it at the time, but Herod was being deceptive, using us as part of his plan to find and eventually eradicate, destroy, kill off this perceived threat to his power. This quest of Herod's would continue for the next 33 years until God would prove decisively that worldly forces of darkness could never overcome the light Christ brings to the world. But I'm jumping ahead of my story. That night, we wondered why the priests and scribes in Herod's court did not immediately drop everything to go with us to find their long-awaited and promised Messiah. But then again, those who live at the center of power, even those who claim to be religious, often do not care about what's happening in the margins. They believe that no truth can be found beyond the realm of their power and knowledge. Why some of the all-powerful even believe that if the poor and oppressed were blessed by and knew God, they would not be poor and oppressed. Throughout the ages, this bogus and dangerous rationalization has been called different things, manifest destiny, the divine right of kings, the prosperity gospel, blaming the victim. What a pity for those who believe such. They not only separate themselves from others, but also distance themselves from God. But we were foreigners, not part of the Jewish power elite, as such, we had no alternative agendas, no status to protect. We were free to seek the truth wherever our quest would lead us. So we continued in faith to follow the star, even though that star took us to an unfamiliar and very strange place for us, to a poor peasant's house, in a backwater town. 
We were overjoyed when we saw the child nestled in his mother's arms, the child whom we knew embodied the hope for the world. Our studies, observations, and faith journey had led us to the Messiah. We finally saw God's presence right here in our world. We worshipped him and gave him our gifts. Nothing has ever been the same since that night. Even though we found the Savior for whom we had been searching, that was only the beginning. There were still lessons to be learned, more truths to be revealed. We were warned in a dream to disobey Herod and not to return to his court. It was only after finding the Messiah that Herod's duplicity and evil intent were made clear to us. We went home by another road. All of us experience the world differently now after we have seen Christ. The evil in the world now stands out in bold relief, and we can no longer tolerate it. But we also are keenly aware of God's grace and love. There is still war and famine and economic disparity, but we know that things do not have to be that way. We see examples all around us where good has overcome evil. We have hope. Because we have known God's presence in our lives, we continue to study and observe, but we also act. When we see oppression, we fight for justice. When we see divisions, we seek to bring about reconciliation. When we see suffering, we show compassion. Yes, our lives have been changed forever since we saw the child of Bethlehem, and we know that it is up to us who have experienced the epiphany, who have witnessed God's grace firsthand to carry out God's plan to restore peace and love and joy to a sin-struck world. Amen.